One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the show where we explore our guests' past and the links that music creates to the stories that make them who they are. Our guest today is Jamie Couser. Jamie and his wife are the owners and operators of Happenings Magazine and Lee Family News Magazine for the past 17 years. Jamie leverages his family's multi-generational history in journalism to cover the arts scene in Southwest Florida. As he puts it, if you can't find good art in our town, you're looking in the wrong place. Here's a magazine. He's also co-founder and co-chair of Fort Myers Art Walk, a monthly art and music festival here in town where local bands perform and artists of all mediums take over downtown. Mike and I both knew Jamie before this show existed, and we've been talking about having him on for years, so we were happy to have him finally come into the studio. Hey there, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. And yourself? I'm doing really well. Haven't seen you in a really long time. And the beard, it's new. It's Or how new is it? It's new well, to me. It's COVID. It's COVID beard. Yeah. It's good luck. Yeah. You're like, you look 90% more like an Avid brother now. Well, I, I, sometimes people <laughs> ask me if I'm in the Almond Brothers band or the Doobie Brothers. Some, brother. or... Some kind of brother. <laughs> oh, well, it's a pleasure to see you in person. It's been a long time. Um, so where did you grow up and how would you characterize your musical background of your childhood? I grew up in Ohio. We moved there uh, from Trenton, New Jersey at the age of three. And so I spent, you know, the next 37 years in Ohio in a small little town called Napoleon. Wow. How small? About uh, 7,000 people. Okay, that's pretty small. Yeah. It's, it's twice as big as our guest last week, though. Oh, yes. So you know. <laughs> Cohocked in New York, 3,500. Um, so, but what about music? Uh, was there music being played around the house? Did your parents expose you to music, et Oh, cetera? very much so, yeah. Uh, my mother uh, um, trained professionally. Uh, she had a, had a professor from Juilliard train her. She had this phenomenal voice. And, okay, uh, so a singer. She was, she was a singer, and... Uh, which I think I inherited just maybe just a little little bit of that okay. and used that earlier in my in my life, uh, but uh, I played the piano. I took piano lessons in elementary school, and I'm so mad at myself for for not continuing that. Mm-hmm. Today, you know, as my wife Kathy says, uh, um, playing the piano is so sexy. And it's like, oh, geez, I could be sexy you now could, if I played the piano. You could be sexier. <laughs> I could be sexier. <laughs> uh, what about music being played like on the radio or on records or that sort of thing? Oh, I was, uh, I'm the youngest of three children. Okay. And so my old, older brother was in a rock band when he was in high school. And actually, he's still playing today. Wow. Um, and uh, so he had a big influence. So he would get albums first. Well, he would share them, so mm-hmm. to speak. <laughs> what would be the albums in that mix at that time? Um, you know, in the in the seventies, um, you know, it would be Zeppelin, uh, Skinnerd. Um, he he was more a hard rocker. They, they called him Alice. He had long hair and he looked like Alice Cooper. So do all the do you have boys and boys and girls, brothers and sisters? I have one brother, one sister. Do they all have hair as long as you? Uh, yes. Right. Well, no, not anymore. The, the, the sister no, I, has the short hair. Yeah, I, I have the longest hair. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. He's he's my brother's taking a more conservative look, and everything. Uh, but uh, uh, some Black Sabbath, um, the Stones, not so much. Um, I remember for some reason the Scorpions stand out uh, that he that he introduced me to. Um, but uh, but I I. 
Queen, Queen for sure. Okay. Uh, and Journey, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Steve Walsh's voice. It's opening Kansas. up now. I can yes, see it. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, you have to. It is. This all makes sense. You have to go back. I mean, I'm, I just turned fifty nine the other day, so I'm like, okay, this is a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what was the first music you owned that was your music that you didn't? You know, he didn't lend it to you, but you sort of chose to have it somehow. You know, we we recorded back then. We recorded things off the radio all the time. And so, uh, you know, we'd have the cassette tape ready and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, or you'd call up and ask for a song. Um, a lot of Journey. I mean, Journey is my all-time favorite band. Okay. okay? Uh, just because like, I respect um, Steve Perry's voice, Jonathan Cain's piano, um, Neil, Neil Sean's guitar. Um, you know, just they're just phenomenal. And uh, uh, I don't think today's Journey is my Journey, but... Um, Still playing your journey songs. Yes, I know. And, uh, <laughs> and Arnell, the the lead singer now, is is very very talented. But I can tell the difference when I yeah. hear the two two songs, the same song being sung by the two. I can tell in a, in an instant. Were so. you ever any bands? Was I in bands? Yeah. In uh, in college. In college, yeah, okay. did the did the whole bar band thing. Uh, okay, well, we'll get know. to that in a little bit. But let's okay. get to your first song first. And uh, what is it? Of my three, yes, um, I've got, I've got to go with "Faithfully" by Journey. Okay, why? Um, How would you like to handle it? Well, it's got a couple couple aspects. Um, I'm very faithful to whether it be my job, my family, my wife. When I when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to be very faithful to it. Um, the song is very special. Kathy and I met. Um, I was covering a, a Bad Company concert in Toledo, Ohio, at a theater where she was the marketing director. That's theater. just a great sentence. Yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> a, a, a theater, a theater, a little bit bigger than Barbara B. Mann, okay, in Toledo, Ohio. It's called the Stranahan Theater. And uh, she had to take me backstage to, to meet the guys before I uh, photographed them uh, uh, live and everything. Um, but anyway, that's how we met. And I know I'm going all over the place. You're going to find that I do that. Um, but back to faithfully, um, we kind of identified that as our song, and there was something really special. I had photographed Journey a couple times before Kathy and I had met, but then it was, um, I think it was 2001, they were playing an outdoor festival uh, right on the riverfront in Toledo, Ohio, and I had done my first three songs. That's kind of the industry standard. You, they give you the first three songs to photograph, and then you got to get out of the pit or wherever they let you shoot from. And uh, uh, so then it was like, okay, Kathy and I get to enjoy the rest of the festival or the show with them. And all of a sudden, they play faithfully. And I just, I'm, well, I'm starting to, to tingle right now just thinking about it. So there's, I don't know, three, four, five thousand 5,000 people at this uh, outdoor uh, concert, and it's like they all just disappeared. Kathy and I are just standing there while we're 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 dancing and embracing, and we had just we're we're dating. We're we're not engaged yet or anything like that. But it's like this is this is the lady I'm gonna this is who I'm gonna die with. You know I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with this lady, and it just I can see it right now looking at you I I, I I can see those people just vanish for that three minutes or whatever the song is and it was just you and the band it was just me and Kathy and Kathy of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> and the band and it was just 
it was uh, it's such a vivid image 20 years later. If you're driving down the road and that comes on the radio, are you right back in that field? Yeah, and I'm singing along too, yeah. or trying to. Trying to <laughs> sing trying along. To. Well, you alluded to that you sing. We'll get to that later, but let's okay. listen to this. Um, this is Jamie Cooster's first song on today's episode of Three Song Stories. It's Faithfully by Journey off their 1983 album Frontiers. Mm-hmm. Tingling just thinking about it, but I could see us dancing and all those thousands of people just not there. How many times have you seen uh, Journey? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've, I was fortunate enough that I've been able to photograph them six, seven times live, and I don't know. I've probably seen them ten times. Wow. Yeah. How many bands have you photographed, if you had to guess? Oh, 500, 400. Any peak other than Journey that you look back on fondly? Um, Def Leppard, um, Elton John, B.B. King. Meatloaf, who we just lost. Uh, my wife's favorite, Rick Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse's girl. Jesse's girl, yeah. <laughs> of course, she said, Jamie's well, is, girl. Is it, isn't, your, isn't one of your songs Jesse's girl? I said, no, <laughs> it's one of your songs. <laughs> uh, do you, uh, so you, they put you up in front like in a pit or something. Do you ever get to be in the wings or up on stage? Uh, no, no. no I, I, like to, I like to be up front. Um, I'm a... I'm a photojournalist. I don't like to pose. Um, I would like to capture life as it happens. I don't like to alter it uh, or delete something. I see there's an app out there that you can delete somebody in the picture. It's like, well, no, no. It's capture reality. And so I love the energy that artists put out there on the, when they're on the stage. And uh, there's sometimes after those three songs and uh, then, they, then the artist – because they're now into their performance, they're they're really putting it out there. It's like, oh gosh, I wish I could run back up there and get in the pit you and get a great great big zoom lens and just it, sit in the back row. Yeah, well, oftentimes <laughs> they'll say, leave, get yeah, out, you know, understood. or go go pack the cameras and everything. Jamie, so. I have to ask, um, did you dabble or have you dabbled with film photography, black and white photography as well? I, I've Love. I have a love of the dark room, so I wonder if you do as well. I I do. I actually uh, started. Uh, uh, when I was a teenager, uh, developing film and, and shooting black and white. I've been shooting since I was age. I had my first published photo at age 14 cool. in a newspaper. Um, and was that your parents' newspaper? That was that was our. <laughs> it was it was our. I fam- know. I know. I was going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that uh, later in life, uh, uh, after college and everything was running, but uh, no, I love black and white. I actually taught a uh, a uh, black and white. Uh, uh, Darkroom and photojournalism at uh, Bowling Green State University huh. in Ohio for for two years. So. Did you uh, you were there? I, I shot film for about four years before digital started coming around. Um, I put I put it off. Did you put it off? Where? What, I, how did you I, handle that transition? I did. That was very tough. And I've got boxes filled with negatives of a lot of my my concert photography. Of course, I have lots of pictures of my children as they were growing <laughs> up, <laughs> but uh, but making that transition uh, from uh, from thirty five millimeter film to to digital, it was it was difficult. It really was. And then now I look back and say, you know, it's not so bad anymore. When was the last time you shot on film? Oh, easily fifteen years. I have a project that I did that I got one of my old 35 millimeters. I threw 36 roll of black and white in it, and I took one picture about every three months. 
and I just got it developed in the span of like almost three years. Oh, wow. And it was really cool. Like only about half of them turned out well because it's a beat up old camera. But it was a fun, mindful experiment because yeah. with digital, you can just but with film, you know, each shot matters. It does. <laughs> it does. And um, I mean, I, re- I remember um, back to, to, to what Tara commented about the, the black and white, you know, developing my pictures in trays. You know, mm-hmm. um, as you see on the, in the movies. With, yeah, exactly. You know, do you have a favorite photograph that you've you've captured over the years from musicians? Um, well, I don't know if it's a it's a favorite or not. I, I've gotten some that uh, uh, that are that are special, but they they each have different meanings. I mean, we used to have uh, an art gallery downtown called Reverie and Rock Reverie and Rock Art Gallery, and it featured my wife's digital surrealism artwork. And my concert photography. And so some of the large ones I had uh, on canvas uh, on the walls were John Bon Jovi or Meatloaf or, of course, Rick Springfield for my wife. Uh, uh, Alice Cooper. I got, a, I got a phenomenal shot of Alice Cooper uh, that I'm pretty proud of. Um, and Pat Benatar. Um, I, got a, I got a picture of Peter Frampton. And I kind of would use it as a little trivia to people, and I'd have it on my phone, and I'd say, "Who do you think this is?" And it's Peter Frampton with no hair, <laughs> but he's, you know, his styling of his of his guitar work was was captured, uh, and people would say, "Oh, that's not Peter Frampton." Peter Frampton had this long flowing lock of hair. Well, in the '80s, he did, right? <laughs> you know, when he had his Frampton come alive. So you, uh, you, we've already alluded to this. Your parents uh, owned a newspaper. Yes. Um, and then you did study journalism. Was that always a foregone conclusion because your parents owned a newspaper or I, s- sort of flesh that out? Okay. I, I'm fourth generation uh, wow. in, in the so, business. Yes. Okay. So my, my father bought a daily newspaper. Well, let's go back to like set and type. Yes. Yes. No, I've seen a lot of technological <laughs> yeah, yeah. technological. I don't mean changes. you. I mean you're the first generation. Yes. So my, my father uh, owned a daily newspaper. My uncle owned a daily newspaper. Um my uh, his mother, my my grandmother, uh, was publisher of the Trenton Times newspaper in Trenton, New Jersey, and then her father, James Kearney, who I'm named after, James Kearney Couser, is my full name. Um, he was the publisher. So, wow. yeah, yeah, it's 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 it, it is in my blood. But you didn't uh, did did your brothers and sister do it too or was it uh, my just the one did. that was in your yeah blood? my brother did it from he he did the distribution end of it okay where i like i'm a writer and a photographer and so you know i like to tell the story and uh so you know there was never any pressure i just saw it and and said this is fun this yeah. is great well especially the path you took you know you're not shooting crime scenes you're shooting rock and roll stars no but i used to oh you I, did yeah. you cut your teeth on that sort yeah, of stuff I, I i've got some images of some i saw some pretty nasty nasty things uh, actually it's it's interesting you say that because sometimes i would get to like say an accident scene uh, because I would hear it on the scanner or uh, or a, a, a tragic uh, a house fire or something like that. And I would get there sometimes pretty early, I mean, uh, as emergency personnel were coming. And it got to the point where I wanted to help. Besides, you know, capturing this, I wanted to help. So I became a volunteer EMT. Hmm. Yeah. And did that for 
for a couple years. Didn't carry a camera around during your volunteer no, did teeing, though. No, no. But, uh, <laughs> There'd but, be a red line there. But sadly, uh, the sheriff, the county sheriff, gave me a special uh, pager or whatever. That's when we had pagers. Yeah, yeah. Um, that when they would dispatch the the ambulance to a, a unfortunate, uh, a very bad accident scene, my pager would go off in the middle of the night, and I ended up taking pictures for the county coroner because the county coroner didn't want to get up at 2 a.m. and go check out a really nasty scene and everything. And so I had to make Coozer do it. I had to, I, <laughs> I had to take some pictures of things that hmm. I, I, I w- kind of wore two hats in that I would take pictures that I, we could use from a newspaper standpoint. Sure, and then, and then for I, law enforcement or then medical. Then I took pictures that they used in the investigation uh, hmm. for whatever tragic event you know, took place. So how long were you, I guess you were GM and editor of that magazine eventually, or that newspaper eventually. How long were you doing that? And then I presume that ended and you moved here? Or am I, right. So I have that I, line, I graduated, timeline right? Right. I graduated in 85 and through through high school and college, I worked at the paper re, as a reporter. I worked in the dark room. I worked in the composition room, um, laying out pages and things like that. That's where I honed my design skills. Sure. Um, and then uh, when I graduated in 85 from Ohio University, um, I was, uh, was named um, editor, uh, but my father was publisher. And so, you know, he was there, you know, guiding me. But, uh, um, but the prior eight years, I've been a lot of hands-on things. Grunt know? work. Grunt work. The grunt work. <laughs> I know. So uh, – and then it was, uh, you know, as he – he slowly evolved out, started coming to Naples, wintering, and oh, what the started old classic followed the parents down. Yeah, started a week, and then it was two weeks, then it was three weeks, then it turned into a month and a couple months, and so, and uh, so that's when I started not only doing the editorial side of the newspaper, I was starting to run the the, the company, and uh, and so I became general manager. I I didn't want to take his title as publisher because it was. You know, he's president and publisher, and uh, even though he spent so much time down right. here. He was phoning it in. He was phoning <laughs> it in. So, but we, uh, um, in 2003, we sold, we sold the paper uh, because I was moving to Florida and um, at age 40 ready to, to come to a warm environment, a more active environment. I wanted to get out of the rural setting and uh, – so nobody else in the family had any interest of, you know, doing what I did, and uh, um, so we put it up for sale and sold it, and then we came down here. And so he's he was in Naples. Did you come to Fort Myers or Naples or uh, where well, in my, Southwest Florida? My, did my you come? My first, uh, uh, I came first uh, because I got a job offer first uh, before Kathy. So I came down a month before she did, and I stayed with them in Naples, and then of course we were house hunting and. That's when the market was crazy, kind of like it is now, where you walked into a house and if you don't say you want this one right now, boom, somebody else is going to get it. Um, but uh, I started working at the Naples Daily News. Okay. Yeah. And I uh, worked there for uh, 18, 19 months as a uh, copy editor and paginator, putting together like the front page and the uh, different sections. No phot- and photographing though? No. No, they had their, they had their own photo um, department. But uh, – uh, but while I was there, we uh, uh, Kathy and I we bought uh, in our first year in 2004. 
in the spring of 2004, we bought our first magazine down here, Lee County Family News. Mm -hmm. And uh, it wasn't doing so well. And uh, um, the folks that were were doing it were kind of using it as a propaganda piece for the message that they wanted out and everything. And so my experience in community journalism, I knew right what it needed. You know, um, it needed uh, somebody who would dive in, make relationships and partnerships with the different uh, folks in the community and uh, and really get some, some good information. And, you know, now it's in its 31st year hmm. um, and it's going even despite COVID, it's going very well as the event magazine for families with young kids in Lee County. Well, we'll pick this up on the other side of the second song because I want to get to okay. Happenings Magazine, too. Right. But um, so it's time for your second song. Okay. So which one is this? Is this uh, the uh, Wells Fargo wagon? Well, yeah, let's let's go with the Music Man um, because that, you know, that that was a major, major part in, in my life uh, before I left for uh, for boarding school. Back in okay. New Jersey, yeah. So, wow, that's a great sentence too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I told you I go all over. <laughs> Sometimes I can't even catch up with my braid. Uh, so, what's the story? Okay, so this would be the summer of '77, um, and uh, um, I, I applied um, uh, at my parents' urging. I applied for this uh, a prep school, a prestigious prep school in, in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. My father had gone there. Uh, many of my cousins. It was an all-boys boarding school. And uh, this was back in the area where I was born and where my mother and father's families were. So I had lots of cousins and grandparents there and all. So, But in the summer of 77, this would be my last summer in Ohio before going off to, to prep school in the fall, um, our local community theater that my, my father was so involved with and he was the lighting guy. He was the the producer, and uh, uh, just the marketing guy. He was like yeah. he was the Bill Taylor. He was he, yes, very good, very good analogy. Okay, and my and my mother with her voice, she sang in the shows. And so um, I think my very first show involved was with uh, it was called the Maumee Valley Civic Theater in Napoleon, Ohio, and uh, we just did a summer musical. And years later, they started pulling in a, uh, a winter dinner theater kind of thing. But uh, in 77, they did the music band, Meredith Wilson's music band. And uh, uh, I got cast as Winthrop, the little guy with the lisp, okay? I, I was short. I was, I was just a How old were I was you at this run. point? Were you like 13, 14, 13? Yeah, okay. 13, 14 years old. I was a run. I weighed like 80 pounds. <laughs> I was five foot tall, you know, if even that. Uh, and uh, so, but like I said, I inherited a little bit of my mother's mother's talent. And uh, and so I, uh, I I got cast at that. And, you know, that he's got to sing the Wells Fargo, you know, here comes the Wells Fargo wagon and he's got to sing Gary, Indiana, you know, and he's got to do it with a lisp and everything. <laughs> so, but that was, that was my, my first big bit on stage. Because years before, I'd been helping Dad, you know, doing production end of things. And so uh, so I did that the summer of 77, and then I auditioned when I went to prep school. They had these – they had choirs, okay? They had the regular choir that, like, anybody could be in. You know, they had, like, 80 guys, okay? There's only two – there's only 700 
700 boys at this school. Gotcha. Okay, so you got the big choir that's got like 80, and then you have like the select that they wean out the the guys that kind of mouth it maybe or whatever. Okay, and there's 35 to 40 in that, and then they have this group that's just 12 or 13. And I auditioned, not knowing that that they would pick me, but I sang my song from The Music Man uh-huh. as my audition, and I I was selected myself. And a classmate of mine, we were the first two freshmen ever to be put into this elite group of 12, 13 guys called the Laurentians. Laurentians? Laurentians. The school was called the Lawrenceville School. Understood. And so this elite okay. group. Uh, it's kind of like the Whiff and Poofs from Princeton. Yeah. It's that kind of, <laughs> it's that kind of, that kind of yeah, music yeah, yeah. and the harmonies and everything. And, um, you know, I was first tenor. I could hit some really high notes. Of course, you know, at that age. Probably I can't hit those high notes now. <laughs> you can't even dream. I, I later of became now. a second tenor, um, but I was I was first tenor, and, and I, I remember calling my mom and dad. You know, I'm 600 miles away, and I remember calling them and saying, you know, hey, I, they want me to be in this this really elite group of singers, and my dad's like, no, 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 you're not in that. That's just for the upper class, you know. Because he's going back from when he was sure. there in the yeah, 40s yeah. saying, no, 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 that's all the seniors, you know. You must be wrong, son. You must be wrong. Yes. Okay, even though. <laughs> <laughs> you, you weren't. <laughs> so, but, so that's, that's why that particular show, I'd been in, I've been in other musical productions since then and on stage singing. But that one just had something special to it because it, it leapfrogged into something else and uh, um, it just opened up started to open up so many doors, including being able to go to Europe twice. Wow. Uh, singing, you know. As a kid. As, uh, yeah, as a kid yeah, in, yeah. in high school. High school kid, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, but still. Um, when you did the audition, was it to an accompaniment on a piano? Was it a cappella? How did that work? Uh, it was a cappella. A cappella. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to picture you singing this a cappella. Okay. Um, this is the version from the 1962 film. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> All right, this is uh, Wells Fargo Wagon from the musical The Music Man. This is from the 1962 film soundtrack. That put you right back there on the stage, didn't it? It did. I could see myself, that little guy with the the Dutch boy haircut, and I had buck teeth. Um, I was was an ugly kid. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I could see me on the center, and everybody's huddled around the whole cast, you know, as we're singing this song, and I can... I can remember the director, Ken Neuenschwander, and we lost him recently, or in the past couple of years, um, saying, you know, how to follow, you know, imagine the Wells Fargo wagon or today's version of Amazon blue truck, blue van, going across, look at the back of the auditorium and just, you know, just follow it. And so the, the ensemble, the whole cast is just doing that. And I, I, again, I can just, it's amazing how a song can take you back to 1977, yeah, like that, and the and the emotions. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, it's it's just phenomenal. It was just such a wonderful time in my life, and I I miss I missed being involved in the theater. I was I was very very fortunate because at at my school in New Jersey, um, we had this beautiful theater, and of course I was involved in every production. We did three to four productions a year and uh, through the school year. And 
I was involved in every one and actually was uh, ended up being after I did uh, um, because I was still small as a freshman. Uh, the first musical there was South Pacific, and so I played Jerome, uh, the little Polynesian guy. Yeah, yeah. I played po- <laughs> a lot of makeup <laughs> on this fair-skinned white boy. <laughs> but uh, um, that was probably one of my my last ones in uh, in having like a feature role or whatever on stage. And I really went to the production side of things because I love building sets. I love being a stage manager and just having that that control over how things flowed. Presiding. And, yes. You know? It's yeah. Like, but all in the background. Yeah, no. All I, making the magic happen in the background. That's where I want to be. That's yeah. where I want to be. Yeah. So I am unaware of you having been involved in any theater here in Southwest Florida. Am I overlooking that or have no. you given it up? No. What I do is I cover theater. Well, no, I was going to say through yeah. Happenings Magazine, which right. we were going to get to, um, you certainly, you know, uh, theater reviews and theater who's coming when and where and how and why. Yeah. Um, why? I mean, do you have an itch for that? You know, you know a few people. Oh. You could you could be in a booth or on a stage in the drop of a hat. Oh, I love to. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm in the production booth at uh, Next Level Church uh, every, uh, you know, every couple weeks running sound. And I love I love doing that. And I've had a few uh, um, when before Michael Moran retired over at Cultural Park Theater in Cape Coral, he kept asking me and asking me. He said, it's like there's just too much travel time. You know, if you were a little bit closer to where I live, yeah, and it is a commitment. It's a you know, it's a huge commitment. Yeah, it's a huge commitment. But I, I I love community theater. I mean, I love theater in general. One of the things I did on my birthday is um, West Side Story is one of my favorite musicals, and uh, I had to see the movie. You know, I had to see what Steven Spielberg did to it. How was it? It was dark. It was long and drawn out. I like the original version better. But it was definitely it was definitely good. It was dark and and um, you could tell Spielberg had his his fingerprints all over it. Just the spectacular cinematography and and, and scenes and everything. Um, but it was brutal. I mean, but if you look back at the original musical uh, uh, movie, that was probably brutal for the time. Right. You know. Um, you must get to see a lot of shows, you know, via just your interest in them and your publishing a magazine. Um, what's your favorite show that you've seen here in Southwest Florida, like at Barber B. Man or, you know, Broadway Palm? Oh, Broadway Palm does just a phenomenal job. Uh, I, kudos to, to Will Prather and his family and um, what, they, what they do. And uh, they've got a great one coming up with uh, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Uh, which will which will be great to see, uh, you know, Miss Saigon when they did that a uh, a few years ago was was very good, um, you know, because he's operating in a in a in a an old Publix. Yeah, he doesn't have quite the the stage that you know, uh, say the Barber B Man or Artist Naples has. Um, boy, there's just there's just been so many wonderful shows over the years. Uh, what was oh gosh, what was it that really surprised us? And I I can't think of it. Uh, uh, it was just before, just before COVID. Once, once was fantastic. Yes, yes, <laughs> yep. 
I saw it there, and yeah. they brought they your, they let your a few, vacuum sucks. Yeah, they <laughs> let they, they left a few they let a few people get up on stage beforehand. Yes, and me and my daughter, the, the maitre d came over and he's like, "Go up on stage. There's going to be something that happens." And then they all came out and performed, and we were right there, and I was able to take pictures. It was so special. Yes, hmm. yes, that was that was a memorable, a memorable show. So I, yeah, I remember us. I actually that we featured them on uh, one of our covers of Happenings magazine, but. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. I didn't know what to expect going in for that, and uh, the the music and the story storyline just kind of brought you right in. I've told this on the show before, but I'm going to say it again. Um, it's based on an independent film that was shot in Dublin on like a really low budget, and so I knew what I was in for. Oh wow! The film is one of my favorite films of all time. Okay, so go find it. All right, I will now. Leave that there. Okay. So, right, how you. long after you started Lee and Fam- Lee Family News did you then start Happenings? Well, we actually bought Family. That News. was yeah. Well, that's, we, I'm sorry. Right, yes, that's, we purchased. We, we we purchased that. Purchased and then, it and revamped it. And revamped it and grew it exponentially. So then the following year in 2005, um, Kathy is looking and seeing this Happenings magazine, and uh, it's kind of like. Mm, Okay, it it looks like it's something, but we're not quite sure what it is. And so she reached out to the owner, Dan Shank, who started it in in 1995, and said, "Hey, you want to sell it?" And he's like, "Yeah," because he moved out of town. <laughs> he's like, "Sure." <laughs> so uh, um, uh, we bought it in 2005, and again, I knew that it quickly needed to get integrated into the local theater scene, into the local music scene, into the local art scene. And uh, um, and and really tap into all the cultural events that are that are going on. And so, my love of theater it was very easy to to reach out to all these theaters and say, "Hey, we want to promote the heck out of you," you know. And uh, you know, I studied art history uh, in college, and so I have an appreciation for art. And as a photographer, a visual, I love that visual sensation. And so it was easy to hook up with with folks like the Alliance for the Arts or uh, Centers for the Arts in Bonita Springs or the Visual Arts Center up in Punta Gorda or Naples Art Association, now called Naples Art, um, and say, hey, we're going to promote the heck out of you. We're going to help help grow this art scene, you know, and same with musics and concerts and, you know, my concert photography and, and, you know, going to going to venues and covering concerts and everything. So. And uh, it just that's it's been fun. It's and, been funny. Here we are, eighteen years later. Yeah, it, it's everywhere. Yeah. How? What is your distribution on both of those? On uh, on happenings, uh, we're at five hundred twenty locations in all three counties. Okay, and we've got eighteen thousand copies out there, and then we've got another ten thousand people following us on our on our website, and then. Uh, uh, few thousand following us on social media and everything like that. It takes a lot of work to put all that together all the time, It does. It does. (laughs) It does. But it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Whereas Family News is just in Lee County, okay? And that's at, uh, you can find that at like 300 locations that are family-friendly locations uh, with about 8,000 copies Hmm. out there each month. So um, other than faithfully, do you and your wife's music align? Yes. Now they do. Now she was a country fan huh. when we first met, and now she's a rock and roller. Does yeah. she still dip into the country every now and then? Yeah, but but and and she'll 
she'll tell me. Just think, you could have both turned out to be country people. Yeah, and and I've <laughs> and I've photographed a lot of. I mean, uh, Kenny Chesney, Keith Urban, um, Alan Jackson. I mean, well, we get a lot of country artists here. Sure. The Ranch Concert Hall and Saloon here in Fort Myers brings in some great talent, and so you'll see me there a lot, um, uh, taking taking photos at. Uh, but no, she she used to be a really hardcore country person, and I would you know we'd be driving down the road, and the, my station would be playing, and she would hit her country station, and she said, "I'm not listening to that thing." Now she loves Night Ranger. <laughs> um, we go on '70s rock cruises, we go on '80s rock cruises, um, and uh, she she loves her her rock and roll, I think, more than her country. Are there any places where you guys have um, like a band that she's just like, Jamie, turn that off? Or you're like, Kathy, turn that off? No. No, no not really. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, there might there might be a song and she's like, oh, no, I'm not in that. You know, and she'll like hit the hit the switch the channel to a to another station or whatever. But but nothing like, oh, I'm not listening to that. Do you listen to FM radio music in your car? Yes. Wow. Yes, I do. I I I like to hear what the what the locals are are playing. Okay. Um, unfortunately, they the song lists are the same, but I'm I'll, I'm also a Sirius XM fan. Um, I've got that in one one vehicle, um, uh, and uh, you know I've got my I got my uh, my hard rock. I got my heavy metal. I got my '70s yacht rock. Uh, kind of stuff. Um, and I just recently read a story about how the term yacht rock is n- fairly new. It hasn't been around for a long time. Google it, Richard. No, okay. I, I was just going to come on mic. Yacht rock is a totally new thing. So, Jamie, I want to I want to hear from you. What would you say? What are rock uh, yacht rock bands to you? Uh, because Am- I think of like Hall and Oates, Christopher Cross, Ambrosia, okay. Christopher Cross, Little River Band. Uh, player, Orleans, Firefall. Wow, you can, you can go right to it. Yeah. Well, I just I heard the phrase the first time maybe three years ago, and I thought, well, I've just missed that for the all yeah. my life. So yeah. it's so uh, Wikipedia says the term yacht rock did not exist contemporaneously with the music it describes. Um, it was called West Coast Sound or Adult Oriented Rock. Oh, okay. Um, sometimes it was called soft rock, but in right. the in seventy five to eighty four, which was when it was like big uh the term really wasn't a thing um and in 2014 all music the publication named it that so it's not a 10 year old term okay yeah. well yeah. then that, that uh, i'd like to get some you know clarity out there for our listeners yeah not- england dan and john ford coley okay uh, there's another one pablo cruz okay and actually a lot of these bands are are on the 70s rock and romance cruise that we go on and we're a part of and help promote each year which is coming up in two weeks. We're going on a cruise in two weeks. Uh, like, how big is the boat? Where does it go? Um, I don't care where it goes. <laughs> I've got, we've got Foreigner on there, 10CC, Little River Band, Melissa Manchester, um, uh, Ambrosia, um, Barry Goudreau that was, used to be in Boston, Jason Sheff who was in Chicago. And then they have these tribute bands that – uh, there's like a Queen tribute band and a Bee Gees tribute band that are like best in the nation, right? Right. Okay, or an Eagles tribute because they can't get those sure. physical bands on the on the boat anymore. Does everybody you know? dress in the era? We do. Like everybody. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Do you, I mean, are there weirdos that just walk around like, no, I'm not gonna. No, 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 no. It's, and it, it's a lot of people will wear like uh, old concert shirts or old shirts from that, that era. You know, I mean, I've got a shirt that says keep on trucking, <laughs> you know, or uh, I, I made a shirt, uh, uh, um, a WKRP shirt uh, with, with, uh, remember all the, and I know we just lost him uh, I was recently, say Howard Hesseman. Yeah, yeah. But remember his coffee mug had all his names on mm-hmm. on one side. All mm-hmm. the, uh, I, I, I can't think of all those names, but I have that on the back of that T-shirt. You know, so. But no, people get in the spirit and they have theme nights. Um, and uh, there's a disco night. Uh, and my wife and I, we, we costume. It's, it's like. You it's know, like the cosplay. cosplay. Yeah, it's, it's like, like cosplay it's like for grown-ups. It's like going to an uh, anime festival or something, uh-huh. but it's like rock and roll Very for grown-ups. So. And the 80s cruise is just just as crazy. Uh, and huh. that's, that's a month later. Whole different vibe. Whole different vibe. But still probably tons of fun. It is. It's, it's, it's very enjoyable. I mean, and, and what's cool about these, these music cruises is it's like you have a VIP or backstage pass for five to seven days because – uh, the folks that put them on make sure they get artists who aren't going to just perform and go and hide go in hide, their cabin. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you're you're bumping into them on the buffet lines in the in the uh, uh, around the pool at the bar at the restaurants or elevators or whatever, and they'll talk to you, and, and they'll treat you, you know, as a human. Is it hard for you to turn your journalist person off? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Good question, Mike. <laughs> well, there's sometimes uh, my colleagues in the media, whether they be local, state, or national, I'm like, did they really just do that? <laughs> That's not the same journalism school I went to. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, uh, before we get to your third song, how do you listen to music at home? And when was the last time you bought music that had a physical form? <laughs> wow. Considering my car does not have a, a CD player anymore, which I'm not happy about that because I can't. The trick I, is to drive a 15-year-old car. Uh, right. <laughs> well, I have, I have, um, I have a, an older vehicle, but it's, our, it's like one of our little delivery vans, and that has a CD slot in it. But I don't – I'm not in that often enough. Somebody else is. Um, but uh, uh, I can't – I honestly can't remember the last time I bought a CD and I, so you're and, not listening to vinyl or CDs at home then, I guess. No, no, I don't have – I used to have quite a quite the stereo set up uh, in my home and we don't anymore. So the music uh, uh, music at home – Kathy will listen to, to music more so at home than I will in my car. And I'm – and I'm because I'm all over the place, um, I, I spend a lot of time in my car. That's where I get my music. I don't, I'm really not playing music at home because when I'm at home, my office is at home and – so I'm, you know, designing, writing, selling, whatever. If she's playing music at home, is it like on a radio? Is it like on she's an Alexa? Play, or? Um, no, she'll she'll play it off of her phone and we'll put it in the little uh, – Bluetooth speaker. Bluetooth speaker gotcha. and crank it up. Hmm. You know. Okay. It is time for your third song. A little queen action. Yeah. A little night at the opera action. Uh-huh. So what's, what's the story? What's the song? I'm in love with my car. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, – you know, I'm a car guy in the sense that I love cars. I love the beauty. Uh, I mean, American cars in particular because, uh, like, just watching that, uh, the West Side Story 
movie, Spielberg's uh, movie the other day, and the scenes with all those cars from the 50s, from 57, 58, and the beauty, the craftsmanship, the curves of those cars. I love watching uh, TV at night, watching the, the Barrett-Jackson or the Meekum autos and just watching these cars go across. And I'll see today's car, and then I'll see a car from 40 years ago. And it's like, that's so much prettier hmm. from 40, 50 years ago, the craftsmanship. But I love this song because Queen is an awesome band. Um, they're just they're just so talented, and uh, uh, this particular song, uh, I think it, I think it's seventy five night at the opera. Yep. Okay. All right. And that was was that an, a white album cover or a black album? There was day at the races and night at the opera. Uh, I think and, uh, night at the opera one, was the dark one. Okay. Yeah. One one was black and one was white, but they had the queen logo on. Uh, yeah. The old cover was the white one with the big circle. Okay. And then. Um, if I see covers here that look like the the, I Bohemian, Black, the Bohemian Rhapsody like yeah. four yeah the but pic- Day at the Races yeah I thought was black and Night at the Opera one was yeah, white this is this is the white one with the it's kind of got the big circle with the lions and yes. the swan in color yeah. and everything. yes yeah yep okay all right but I can see myself sitting on my front porch looking at that and uh, and 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 hearing and hearing the music. So my first car was a was a Ford Mustang. It was a '74 Ford Mustang, red, and uh, um, the, the first car that I owned, you know, so to speak. And fastback or it was a, yeah, it was the it was the fastback. Yeah. It was that small version. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Um, it it looked like a Mustang, but it didn't look like a Mustang. It had those features, you know, but also kind of looked like a Pinto. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know, all those cars. You know, it, it's funny in the seventies and eighties. Some of those cars, they they all kind of look the same, just like everybody's SUV looks the same right. today. Um, and uh, so, I loved my car. My older brother had this uh, 70, 70 or seventy one silver Monte Carlo. Just Ooh, uh, I don't yeah. know if it was an SS or, or not, um, but it was just beautiful and. He took great uh, care of that, and I, my pride and joy. And so, you know, here we are many years later, and my last four vehicles have been Ford Mustangs. All right, um, they're not red; they're black. I like I like black cars, but even in Florida, even in Florida, <laughs> I know that's what my brother up in Ohio keeps on. You, you live in Florida and you drive a black car, um, but I just love when when Ford came back. Oh, what was it, 18 years ago or whatever, and redesigned the, the Mustang and made it look like the original Mustang. Yeah, when they moved off of the 90s era one uh, yeah, into that, the boxier muscle one, yeah. Right, and, uh, and so I've, I've, been, I've been able to, you know, I'll put my miles on it, I'll trade it in and get a new one. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, this, the, my favorite car is a Mustang, and this is my fifth in my lifetime. <laughs> and that song just resonates with... How much I loved Queen. I'm sorry that I never got to see Queen live, you know, but I can watch the movie Bohemian Rhapsody a zillion times and not get bored by it. Um, and uh, and then my my love for the car, and uh, and it's a very different song for Queen. You know? It uh, is, and it's it's. I, I think it. Roger Taylor wrote it. I believe. Oh, really? I th- I think the drummer. Right. Yes, I believe he wrote this song, and it's based on his his fancy car that he had, I believe. 
Uh, fair to say we can imagine you driving in your Mustang jamming this song? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then listen to it uh, through that lens. This is I'm in Love with My Car by Queen from the 1975 album, which I love and have listened to a million times, A Night at the Opera. So Jamie is correct. Uh, Taylor did write that. Did he? Okay. Um, and so here's the deal. Uh, there's on the album. There's the sound of the revving car. That is Taylor's Alfa Romeo. Oh. <laughs> but it's actually not about his car. Um, they had a roadie named Jonathan Harris. Okay. Who had a Triumph TR4. Oh. And um, you should look up what a Triumph TR4 looks like because it's a it's a quintessential little British like road car. Um, and they dedicated to the song. Uh, they dedicated the song to him uh, in the liner notes. It says, dedicated to Jonathan Harris, boy racer to the end. Wow. Wow. How about that? That's cool. That's like cool queen trivia. Uh, it is. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you listened to that? Uh, it came on the radio sometime within the last couple of weeks. You listened to music on the radio. We've already oh, gone over no, that. I know. <laughs> yeah. I was reiterating. Yeah. 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 Um, Favorite Queen? Is that your favorite Queen song, or is that just no, a no, song that resonates in a it's, certain it's, story? It's a song that way. resonates. Yeah, yeah. Um, Killer Queen is good. Oh yeah. Um, All right, I'm going to ask an unfair question. Okay. Do you have a favorite year Mustang? Um, the the ones from the early years. So those ones I see on like on TV at the late night and the auctions the, and everything. Uh, sixty four so, to yeah, sixty eight. Yeah, those 69. those early yeah. ones. Uh, the, yeah. yeah, the the it's just. You know, like those people who love their Corvettes. I love the Mustang. I just love that. Love the, like the, the one shape. In, like the one in Bullet. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Well, there, there's a, I, I watch uh, Blue Bloods fa- uh, faithfully on TV, and there was an episode they did uh, where the, the character was the Bullet. Somebody had stolen the Bullet. The real one, and <sighs> so the whole story evolved around that. So I might watch like, that. I might okay. actually watch that. <laughs> Do you have any uh, aspirations for getting an old one, and you know, either one that's fixed up or getting one and fixing it up? Well, if I win the lottery, right? I I would love to be able to, uh, you know, when I see these 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 folks bidding on on these these cars and they're like six figures and such like that, um, or more, <laughs> um, I think wow. If I had those kind of resources yeah. to have a to have a vehicle that I would only bring out on picture perfect days, you know, when I know it's not going to rain for hours, and and uh, um, you know, love to be able to have that or just you know look at it, but you know, that's a that's another life. <laughs> um, so, as a Queen fan, what are your thoughts on the movie Highlander, which Queen did the soundtrack to? <laughs> I have not seen Highlander. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I did not know that. What about Iron Eagle? I, I love when I learn things. Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle. Cheesy 80s movie about uh, jet fighters and Russians. Oh, okay. Queen right. did the soundtrack, soundtrack to that. To that. Yes. <laughs> and they blended the two soundtracks. So it's like two movies in one soundtrack. Oh, and there's, what, and there's, like, queen. there's like four of them too. <laughs> what about the it was it was uh what was it Flash the animated it was kind of animated space thing where uh queen well, Queen's no. music was well, in no, that. Well, uh, no, Flash Gordon which was not Flash animated. Gordon. It was fully it was human. Right. Yes, yes. that's what it was. Yes. yes. But it was so hokey. It was yes. so hokey. Oh, it was so hokey. It was yeah. great. But Queen yes did the soundtrack Something to that, that too. Yeah. Um you need to see Highlander. I now I do. Yes, yes, now you do. Now I do. Okay, time for some speed round. Speed round, okay. Uh, do you have a nickname 
that has stuck over the course of your life that you would be willing to share? As a child, I was called Buck because of my buck teeth. My <laughs> my uh, neighbors, neighbor kids, yeah. Oh. Didn't stick, though. It didn't stick. Nope. Thank- thankfully. Thankfully, yes. Like faithfully. Right. <laughs> um, karaoke. Karaoke. Um, Rocky Mountain Way. That would be – because I, I used to perform that in my in my bar band days in, in college, so it's an easy song. Um, Give Me Three Steps. That was another – that's another easy one uh, that I used to perform. Tie Your Mother Down. Actually – that's a wonderful Queen song because I loved performing that on stage. That was that I I I, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy song, but the the melodies and the music. Tie your mother down. Tie your mother down. You know, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> uh, speaking of not singing, do you have any TV theme songs that you know the words to that if we pull it up on YouTube that you would sing with us? I don't know if I can answer that. I I, I can't think. I, I don't know if I can answer that I can't, question. I, can't. I am pleading the fifth. No, no, no. I can't. I can't think of a. I can't think of a. I mean, I watch a lot of TV, um, and I can't. I don't know that I would know the words, but um, I'm pretty good at trivia in the sense of if you played that, I'd be able to say, "Oh, that's from the Greatest American Hero," or that's from. Oh no! Richard. Oh, oh! I shouldn't have said that. Now you're going to quiz me. We'll, we'll rack. We'll, we'll move on with some speed round, and Richard's going to just pick a random TV oh, no. theme, a TV theme song from from the era that you would have maybe been familiar. <laughs> um, if you were a championship wrestler, what song would you come in on, and what would your wrestler name be? I would come in on something, probably a Zeppelin song or something. Something. High energy. Um, you know, I'm not going to say the Queen. We are the champions because you know that would ever, everybody would do that. But uh, maybe rock and roll by Zeppelin. What would your wrestler name be? Um, it's got to be something. Something with my hair. I don't know. I don't know what. Oh gosh. Well, you're putting me on the spot here. I'm not creative that way. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Um, Bucky Blonde. Bucky Blonde. I'm just <laughs> there we go. Thanks. Uh, well, you you don't have an answer, so we preside. Oh, you're right. Present yeah. one. So that that um, would be a tough one to market. <laughs> if you had to guess, what you would you say is the song you've listened to the most times in your life? Faith. One of my songs. That uh, one of my three songs. Faithfully, it seems like it's it's played. Although, don't stop believing is what the most played song of journey and uh, so sometimes it when you I used to get mad when a when a radio station would overplay a song you almost got tired of hearing that song because it's like you know you love it so much and then you then it's like okay I got to change the channel because you guys are playing it every 5 minutes you know kind of thing and I want to hear more or that band has so many more great songs right. on that album right yeah all right. Okay. Jamie. okay. It's quiz time, huh? I have, yeah, it's quiz Jamie, time. Jamie, this is your so, life. So I, have, so I have three that I'm going to play to see if you can get them in the first few seconds of them. Let's say two out of three wins. Okay. So we're going to try this first one what here. What about zero out of three? Then you lose. <laughs> Do I get a prize? <laughs> All right. Just nostalgia. Okay. Here we are, face to face, a cup of silver spoon. 
Ah, that counts. It's Silver Spoons. <laughs> <laughs> Not a show okay. I watched. Not a show he watched. All right. Uh, we'll do oh. this I see the look of recognition oh, coming across I mean, your it's, eyes. It's a... Different strokes? No, 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 um, oh, oh, you got me, and I'm gonna hate myself because I can't. Mike looks like he also knows this, it doesn't know it. Yeah. It's Family Ties. Family Ties, oh! there we go. Yep. <laughs> but we were both singing words to it. I know. <laughs> we, knew, we, knew, we knew the lyrics. Yeah. Um, all right. Which was a great show. Watch yeah. that religiously. Dif- different strokes starts, uh, um... Well, the world don't move to the beat of just... just yeah. Okay, I got one more for you, even though you've already lost the two, because it's just fun. Okay. So it's fun to embarrass your friends. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Golden Girls? No. <laughs> Although you're surprisingly close thematically. It's a Norman Lear show. <laughs> this oh, is... The, oh, can you see it? Uh, what is it? Produced by Dick Clark. This is Mama's Family. Mama's, Mama's family. family. Okay. Uh, I loved Carol Burnett. I wasn't a big Mama's Family watcher. I watched some Mama's Family. Yeah. But man, Carol Burnett show. I recently went back and started watching some of those because yeah. they've re-released them. They're so good. Yes. So good. Genius. Lyle Wagner. Oh, genius. Harvey Corman. Uh, uh, the the dentist one with uh, with Tim Conway. Oh my and gosh. Was, yeah, that's <laughs> devastating. With, yeah. When they're just giving it, he gets shooting himself with the Nova Cage. Oh God, it's so good. Um, song you wish you could hear again for the first time. Feels like the first time by Foreigner. When you That's uh, meta, man. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you said first I, I thought of that. If you could broadcast a song into the head of every person on the planet simultaneously, which would you choose? for everybody to hear something that would be happy and I, I uh, uh, there's just so much hate out there right now and I, we just need a song that if everybody could hear it and just have a little bit more love in their lives um, I don't know what that song would be but it would have to be something very very warm and warm and fuzzy because I, 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 I'm tired of the hate out there well, that's a good characterization of a kind of song. I know. I know. I'm trying to think of a, <laughs> you know, a, a, I mean, a good, a, a good, a good song from the '70s, maybe from that yacht rock era, or uh, you know, uh, you know, Little River Band's got a cool song, uh, and uh, um, not not uh, not Lady. What's it called? Um, Walmart used it for uh, help is on the way. Help is on the <laughs> way. Little River Hang Band. Hang on. Help is on the way. I'll be there as fast as I can. That's positive uplifting. I don't know. You know, it would really freak people out or, you know, be kind of trippy if you played Seaside Rendezvous by Queen. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Another. A, that's a Queen song that I think you could play for most people that would go, that would never believe that it was a Queen song. Song, yeah. Um, but I love that, 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 uh, that. Not a megaphone sound that they that they created with that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The effect. Um, if you could learn an instrument instantly without trying, which would it be? Would it be back to the piano? Uh, probably the piano. Yeah, I, I I tried to to play guitar. Wanted to be like my big brother, be a guitar player. But uh, I would if I could if I could pick back up on the piano, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Best album of all time. Journey 
Uh, Journey Frontiers was pretty good. Evolution was good. Um, Led Zeppelin 4 was good. <laughs> I don't have a favorite. I try not to play favorites. <laughs> um, you must not listen to albums much anymore then if you don't have a CD player in your car and you don't really listen. You're listening to piecemeal, right? You're not listening to albums in there entirely. No. Entirety. No, which was – that was like a, a different – a different time, a different time in my life. Yeah, I, I, I don't own a turntable anymore. And uh, I used to have this phenomenal stereo system where I, I had uh, a turntable. Uh, used to have a couple cassette decks, and, yeah. uh, the whole the whole rack and everything like that. And uh, um, but albums, you know, just I miss I miss vinyl. You know, um, yeah hearing it from end to end. And there's there's sometimes I'll hear a song on the radio and it's like, oh, the next song should be. Oh, well, like that Queen song we just listened to. Yes. Like at the end of that, it flows right into the next song. And it was yeah. like the anticipation. Oh, yeah. It's ended. Yeah. And, and, and uh, um, uh, Journey has a, um, um, has a couple like that. And, and there's just, yeah, you hear a song on the radio and you say, oh, the very next song is, oh, no, it's not there. Why, why aren't they playing it? They're supposed to play that next song, and uh, so. But yeah, that's that's a not listening to an album from start to finish. It's it's been way too long. It's been the, decades. The time that I mostly do it because I don't have I don't use like Spotify or anything like that. I actually have albums of MP3s on my phone, so oh, I can okay. pull up an album. And when I mow, that's when I listen to. Oh, it there you go. I have a big yard, lots of mowing, and I almost always start with a night at the opera. Okay. Picture me out there on my John Deere riding lawnmower listening to it. There we go. (laughs) Um, What would your 14-year-old self think of who you are today? Oh, boy. I hope he'd be proud. I think I've done something decent in my life. Um, You know, I wanted to, if I wasn't going to pursue journalism and the whole publishing and uh, newspaper, which evolved into magazines. Um, I was going to do. Um, I wanted to be like a professional production guy. Okay, own my own production company with staging, light, sound, and tour. Um, just because I lo- I love that aspect of it, and uh, uh, you know, just tour with tour with bands and do the rigging. You know, and uh, just that that was my. I thought about that pretty seriously. Gotcha. You know, um, you have kids. I have three children. How old and are two, they? And two and two step. Uh, so uh, between our our five children, they range in age from twenty five to thirty seven, and then we have eight grandchildren. Uh, they range from five months to seventeen. Is there a fifth generation journalism angle in there? No, I can tell by the look on your no, face. No, none of our we have we have some very smart children. Um, they're either in healthcare or they're in uh, in technology, and uh, uh, or uh, uh, our youngest is a uh, is an army ranger. Hmm. So, um, so no, nobody's nobody in the family is gonna in. Maybe it'll skip a generation. Maybe it will. Uh, okay, it's time for you to recommend your three people. Okay. There's there's so many fascinating people here in Southwest Florida. Steve Longo, um, he uh, he used to be in the uh, – he was with the John Entwistle band, John Entwistle of The Who. And 
Um, I, I've known him for a number of years, and uh, he's a very interesting guy, you know, because because of his background in the national music scene, and uh, he, he then went into doing some artwork. And we actually featured him in our art gallery years ago, and then he does uh, this clothing uh, featuring his his artwork. I've got one of his shirts that. Uh, is uh, is very interesting guy. Okay, um, lives here in Fort Myers. He and his wife, uh, wonderful people. Victor Legaretta. I've known Victor, you know, eighteen, nineteen years. Uh, theater guy. Met him first. Uh, he ran the Schoolhouse Theater on Sanibel, and uh, uh, he then uh, um, he he does a lot of work with. Uh, you'll see him at Broadway Palm Theater and the Off Broadway Palm. He he writes shows. He's in shows. He's just a colorful personality. He and his wife Kelly. I think I may know who you're talking about. Yeah. I may yeah. have met him through the Alliance at one point. Uh huh. Yeah. Just okay. a super talented individual. Just a, a superhuman being. Um, just so generous with his talents and and uh, you know when you come up to him, even though he might be in the thick of whatever, he'll take the time to just you know say hi. And, and you know, but uh, a wonderful, a wonderful human being. Uh, I've got a uh, uh, a friend. His name's Randy Cambic. Uh, he's a writer, freelance writer. Uh, um, you'll see his articles sometimes in in some of the uh, Gannett publications. And uh, he plays guitar. Um, just a, a down to earth kind of guy. He, uh, I believe he's he has he used to work. Uh, He's from the New York area, and I think he, he once uh, worked at Madison Square Garden, so that would be some interesting stories there. But uh, he's, a, he's a, good, uh, uh, a good, honest individual that uh, I, I respect. So um, there's so many, so many others, uh, uh, people in the uh, – uh, there's so many people in theater and, and <clears throat> music and uh, – um, that uh, that just do some wonderful things that here in Southwest Florida, I, you know, it's I hate when people say there's you know our music scene isn't good or our art scene isn't good or our theater isn't good. I said I beg to differ. Yeah, I said I've been making a living off of yeah, it. Yeah, they're just not looking. <laughs> they're not looking, and it's like you know, and then they say, well, what's happening's magazine? Said, you know, it's just that that publication that's out there. <laughs> All right, Jamie, you've done did it. Do you have any final thoughts for us? No, I just I appreciate uh, you allowing me uh, to 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 be in here uh, um, and uh, share a little bit of my my personality with you. No, we appreciate you doing it. So, so it's been enjoyable, very enjoyable. So it was nice going back uh, down memory lane with those songs too. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, thank you. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Media on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Richard Chinkri is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is our online content producer and host. Audio production was by Jared the Intern Gonzalez. And Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, we're jumping back to episode 17 with Sonelli Popowitz. Interviewing Jamie has me thinking back on Sinelli since they're both in my church sound guy family. His first song, Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer, was about sneaking secular music, 
and learning that parents don't always know everything. Being a missionary kid, I was very sheltered. I was taught that the music of the world was just evil and corrupt, backmasking and subliminal right. messages. Right. So I was, I was actually afraid. Um, I think I was about uh, seven or eight years old. Okay. Uh, my cousins, they called me into their room and they were like, listen to this song. And I listened. I, I remember thinking like, oh, this is a rock song. This is, this is bad. But he's, but he's t- singing about like praying and struggling and man, this sounds good. <laughs> yeah. This is really good. There's a lot more going on. Than Wait a even, second. Yeah. My whole world view, like I, 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 I can even pinpoint to that moment where you start to realize like, oh, parents don't know everything, you know? Yeah. That's Not early to figure that out. <laughs> I, I, I really have to say, because, because after that, I started sneaking, like listening to the radio on headphones whenever I got a chance. Because I, I had to hear more. Yeah. You know? Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I saw the auction for the fundraiser for the Three Song Story. And my very, very sneaky wife, Colleen, after I was out, she knew I wouldn't come back in. She won it, and this was my Christmas gift.